Welcome everybody to the maiden episode of the Hang 'em Up podcast. What started as a jokingly brought up topic in our group chat, a podcast was formed out of personal necessity. Coming to you all from the Middle Tennessee area, we'll be introducing you to the background, stories, and insights of three local youth coaches who, between the three of us, thought we could tap into an area of conversation that doesn't really seem to be had in our local community. Introducing myself, I'll be your initial episode host, um, Jordan, a father of two boys, 17 and 6. You'll hear my insights from a youth coaching perspective, as well as my viewpoint as someone involved in our local athletic governance. Um, Joining me each week will be two of my fellow coaches, Tyler and Nick. Not only are these two guys my local competition, but two guys that I've really grown to consider close and personal friends. Um, Nick, I'll let you take it away, brother. Yeah, thank you, JoJo. I'm uh, I'm Slick Nick. (laughs) I'm a father of three kids. Um... Oldest is six, middle child's four, youngest is two. Uh, basically, my, my insights or my background is I'm a small business owner along with my wife. Um, I've also governed about 300 employees uh, and have done some consulting work in the, in the oil and gas industry. So I, I've got a kind of a unique perspective, so to speak. But uh, yeah, look forward to the podcast. And at this point, I'm going to hand it off to uh, our guy, Ty Ty. Oh, thank you, Slick Nick. Uh, y'all can call me JT, I guess, just not to be confused with the JT uh, about 30 minutes down the road in Franklin, and I'm not nearly as good looking, and uh, I can't dance just like him. But uh, all things to say, i super excited about being able to come on and, and do this with y'all's fellas uh, every week and uh, unpack, you know, a, an awesome topic of uh, sports and, and youth sports in particular. Um, many background, I've got uh, three kids myself. Uh, six, four, and six months, um, and uh, I've, I've been involved with uh, collegiate athletics and high school athletics for almost 13, 14 years now, and kind of hung up that hat, if you will, no pun intended to our podcast, but yeah, uh, super excited guys to uh, come in here and to talk about the impact of sport and how we can be uh, mentors and and focal figures uh, to these kids and, and how they grow up and, and love the sport. And, uh, you know, kind of brings us into our first segment where we're going to talk about the why this and why now. So, uh, Jordan, I'm going to pass this back over to you and kind of talk about your why and and why now. Sounds good, man. So kind of, as I mentioned in the introduction, three of us have been coaching in the same league for, I think this is going on the third season and just kind of been able to connect. Tyler and I are neighbors, split into Nick's DMs last spring um, before a game that we played that neither one of us were there for. And then all just kind of got together, just um, have became close friends kind of as we went along in this process. As um, we've noticed, we all have similar thought processes about things. Um, different visions on how we want to get there, but similar thought processes and things we want to accomplish and how we would like to see our local youth organization ran. My path here is kind of, as I mentioned earlier, two sons, 17 and six, the oldest one never picked up a baseball day in his life. Always been a um, football fan, hoping to go to college to play D2, D3 football. As somebody who has loved baseball his entire life and always really been my first love, um, I, was, I was never going to push a baseball on my children, but my youngest, um, honestly, um, COVID is when we start, first started playing baseball. We were stuck in the house and I was like, we really need to get our three-year-old at the time out and doing something. So um, COVID baseball was interesting that first fall season in 2020. Like, and we've just kind of been going with it ever since. And 
Uh, my youngest has really started to pick up the love of baseball here within the last couple of months. I think we call it the click moment where it really starts to click with the um, young kids. Sometimes, I mean, you're just out there hanging out. Some parents use it as a babysitting mechanism. Um, some kids just love the game. Some kids just want to snack and want to be able to play on the playground afterwards. But uh, my youngest has really started to take to it and wanting to look forward to practice. And as somebody who grew up with divorced parents and a father who was in and out of youth activities and stuff like that, I'm way too OCD to give my child to some random coach who may make him hate baseball. Um, so I didn't want to do that. So I just wanted to be the head coach of the team. Just so honestly, my OCD could let me control what I wanted to control. But in the grand scheme of things, um, I've always said that my kids are never going to remember if they beat the Mets or the Royals or the Tigers on a random Tuesday night. My kid's going to remember us going to get slushies at Sonic after the game. He's going to remember us in the backyard hitting baseballs or throwing baseballs or the conversations that we have during the game or on the ride to the game. And that's the memories I want my boys to have of me one day. And I will hope it's something that they can pass on to their kids. So as competitive as I am and the things that I want to accomplish with not only my sons, um, but the other boys that I'm entrusted with on our team, I really just want it to be a bonding experience for myself and my son and something that him and I can share together and also share my love of baseball with the other children that have been entrusted in me by the parents and then our league. You know, and I, you brought up something that really resonated with me, Jordan, and I, I shared it with y'all earlier today in our group chat. And I'm sitting there and my wife sends me a video of three years ago, like the starting blocks. We go out and buy a tee. We've got the Dick's, you know, or Academy, you know, special a bucket of balls. And, you know, we've got our son out on the tee and he's taking his first few swings. And, and mind you, at this time, I'm still coaching college sports. And so I'm like, uh, how do I do this? Like where do we start? Right. And to, to, to kind of make it this nostalgic, but also like heartfelt moment, I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, wow, where did three years go? Right. But I immediately get stopped in my tracks and say, man, what an awesome three years. Like, and then, you know, just the journey of the competitiveness that you talked about where, you know, you watch do they do they gravitate towards this sport that you're introducing them to? OK, check. All right. Now let's introduce them to skill set levels. Um, do they still enjoy it? Check. Are they making friends? Check. Are life lessons being taught? You start, you know, checking enough of these boxes that, um, you know, I, I'd love to pretend that wins and losses don't matter. Right. But as you mentioned um, with the light bulb moment, the click moment, you know, it's kind of this new gray area that we kind of tiptoe through, like we're this understanding of winning and losing and how to be a good sport. But um, to kind of go about the why here, just kind of interject, um, you know, uh, kind of speaking from that background, going through 11 years where this was my job, you know, paid to win and lose ball games. Um, it's been really rewarding to be able to step back, to go down a different career path, but then almost have equally, if not even more of a fulfillment doing this journey with my son and my daughter, you know, uh, not directly coaching my daughter, but her now being involved into the, the youth, uh, the youth league as well. And, um, you know, I think the big why here is, um, just like when I got in coaching to the beginning is to be able to mentor these kids, to be able to, um, almost in a way teaching them X's and O's and technical swings and fielding mechanic as an extension 
for larger life lessons, you know, through perseverance and hard work. And two things that I always preach before and after every practice and after every game is that the two things, no matter what in life that you can always control is your attitude and effort. I hope that whenever the day comes that this part of our journey is a hang up moment that not just my kids, but every kid that comes across me on my roster understands the importance of attitude and effort and, and what that means as they go into the next endeavor of their life. Um, hopefully didn't take up too much airspace there. Slick Nick, I'm going to give it over to you to kind of talk about the why. Yeah. So, I mean, my, I don't think my, my story is as interesting as yours, but uh, uh, I kind of started from the, the top. Uh, my oldest son picked up one of the, the play school, you know, baseball bats when he was maybe a year and a half or so, right? We're in the living room, wife's taping it, like, oh, let's see what he does. He lays a blunt down off the bat of the tee, right? Looks at me, has this huge grin on his face. Maybe this kid can actually swing this bat. So I hand it to him, try to see what kind of way he can he can swing it. He's a lefty on a righty. So naturally I'm like, I don't know, you're doing it wrong. No, he's got he's your million dollar check right there. Yeah, he's he's a lefty. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyways, my wife's like, hey, uh, we can actually sign him up for T-ball, you know, when he's like three, three years old. It's like, I the three-year-old's probably too, way too young. Well, like our wives do, she signed him up. Um, and I didn't know how much I could commit to at the time uh, with work and kind of where we stood in terms of our business. But nevertheless, she signs him up at the first practice we get to. The head coach forgot all the equipment, had nothing, like literally, literally nothing. And he wanted to kind of have the kids go around and state their names, uh, maybe play a game of tag. And me being my personality, organization, you know, and preparedness, it drove me crazy. Uh, I think I, in fact, I ran it back to my truck and found some form of a ball. It was like a tennis ball, right? Like, hey, let's let's make a game of it. Let's throw the ball at least to each other and see who can catch it. Well, like at the three, four year old. So <laughs> thank goodness it was probably a tennis ball. <laughs> but uh, I sort of had that, that moment in the back of my mind of like, yeah, okay. I need to sign up to be an assistant coach. Um, and as these kids are throwing this ball back and forth, stumbling through what their names were, because you could tell some had been to daycare, some had not uh, introducing themselves or talking to other kids was still slightly awkward or whatever. But uh, sort of the pureness of it more or less drove me towards, yeah, th this actually could be fun, right? Um, mm -hmm. We're still in this mindset of we get to teach our kids to walk, to eat, like very super elementary things. And again, I, I always flash back to the time where, again, my oldest picks up this, this play school uh, baseball bat. I can, I can remember this vividly in our living room. And it's like, he doesn't even know how to hold the bat. Like, you you got to teach him how to hold the bat, right? Like he doesn't yep. know how to line up. Um, that was kind of another cool father instincts for me of, I, I know I know how to do this. Like I could, I could teach him that. And no offense to his first coach, but like he, we practice after practice, we stumbled through a whole bunch of other stuff. So like along that way, I got this <clears throat> sort of mindset of you know I, I I can do this. I can I can be a coach. Probably I could be a head coach for these kids. Um, we could do these drills, and they can learn these things. And I had no idea how much they could could not learn. Um, I went with a very sort of passive mindset, so to speak. But um, yeah, I, I think the, the the why for me was some of these kids didn't have fathers. They, mm -hmm. they came from a background that it's a single mother situation, you know, very blue collar family, very blue collar town. 
and on some level they don't have discipline and i don't mean that like you know these kids are setting things on fire but like uh the simple discipline of like hey if if a coach a teacher a parent um an adult is speaking and you're talking you're not listening that type of thing right uh so to me like the responsibility of, of being able to coach these kids and mentor these kids uh, and be a positive impact on them. It's motivating. It's driving. I'm trying to find the right words. Uh, fulfilling. Yeah, it's fulfilling for sure. You know, you, you do your job, you're, you're in your careers and on some level, at some point you feel stagnant, but this like fed life into me, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Tyler, you know, I've talked, you know, weeks, months ago, whatever, about uh, having some form of a competitive nature right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to take things and blow things out of proportion. I'm sure we'll unpack those conversations later on, but uh, that to be able to compete or have your, your team compete on some far from a level, I uh, always got to keep your egos in check. Not always the easiest. I'll be the no. first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, having that positive impact on a kid, because I, I can remember my first coach, Mr. McCormick is a t-ball coach that's that's type of legacy that's the type of thing i want i want to leave with these kids because i i'm obviously not from the air from you know originally from buffalo new york moved down here right. uh, a lot of a lot of baseball proteges come from this area <laughs> so on some level in the back of your mind you're thinking could i be coaching the next barry bonds jr jojo uh <laughs> <laughs> and, um it's, it's just a cool feeling to be involved with kids. Uh, and again, at the age of, you know, three, all the way up to the six ish, you know, that's kind of the, the limits, but, uh, to be able to see their, their, their faces light up the first time they hit off of a coach pitch, uh, to see their faces when they're able to, to feel the ground ball cleanly and throw it right. Like right. all these things we coach and we brief and sometimes scream and get passionate about to see that to come to fruition is, is extremely rewarding. For me, uh, I know it's it's rewarding for the kids, but yeah, that's that's why I wanted to get involved in these sports and, and coaching. Uh, well, and I think that those milestones for the kids are, you know, for me, I kind of look at it in two different ways, right? Um, just because of my background, there's there's player milestones, there's coaching milestones, right? Like I'll never forget, for example, the the first collegiate win, you know, or the first uh, you know opportunity to play for a collegiate championship when I was at Tennessee and you know, we won that, we got to go to a world series, right? Those are cool coaching accomplishments, but kind of a few things you touched on Nick and going into our segments, our second segment here, I'm kind of going to go off script a little bit with this, but kind of talking about the love of our game, but how that intertwines into our actual coaching styles. I'm going to kind of spin off of that a little bit and, you know, Jordan or or Nick, I'll let y'all kind of take the mic on this, but, you know, a little bit on the love of the game, a little bit about what, you know, we've talked about the why of our coaching, but let's kind of, let's dig in a little bit. Let's talk about that coaching style. You know, what, what is some of the goals? What do we like the best about ourselves? If we're critical of ourselves, areas of improvement, maybe just kind of open that up to kind of talk about. So I got, so I will confirm a story that Nick just told um, or confirm part of that story. So we're, <laughs> we're playing Nick, we're playing Nick's team a little over a week ago. Um, balls hit back to his son. His son um, decides what to do with it. Looks over to third base to hold the runner. I'm coaching third um, play kind of slows down. His son fakes the throw to first turns back around to see if I had sent the kid from third. Luckily, I'm smart enough to not send that third on a fake throw. Nick's son turns around and has the biggest grin on his face ever. <laughs> and I was super proud of him that he tried that. 
Um, Nick confirmed that he had been wanting to do that for a while, but it was very sly. He just faked the throw to first and then turned back around. You're also smart, and you're also proud that you were smarter than a six-year-old, though, right? Just like 100%. the TV show. <laughs> yes, and I was just like, he, dude, and he had the biggest grin on his face, and I was super proud of him as my friend's son. I was like, I'm glad you tried that. But I remember looking at him and being like, dude, that was cute. I don't know why you think I was going to fall for that. Um, so I've seen that grin that Nick was talking about. So a story that I haven't shared with either one of you that um, Tyler just segued perfectly into. So I had a kid that had been on my team the past two seasons um, whose dad was an athlete growing up and played a sport semi-professionally, professionally, however you want to say it. And I have gotten really close with that kid and his family. Our team hadn't been the most successful the past two seasons. There's a couple of ways to build a team. Even at five, six-year-old baseball, you can go out, you kind of luck into the players you have, or you can keep kids together that you know. The kids on our team were my son's friends. We made it a thing where it was my son having fr- having fun playing baseball with his friends. Were all his friends the best five, six-year-old players I could have found? No, not at all. But every day, my son had fun with his friends. Were we good? Probably not. Were we absolutely god-awful terrible? No, we could have been better. The luck of the draw with the other kids that we were given sometimes goes in your favor, sometimes didn't. was blessed to have a kid that I got really close with that had had two seasons um, and the season that we're in now, his dad kind of came to me and was like, Hey man, I'm thinking about going a different direction. I don't want you to think it's personal. And I was like, no, dude, not at all. Like totally understood. Um, there are other coaches that are going to be able to teach like Tyler. So I, I hope we're all super competitive with each other. Um, Nick and I have had conversations where we've been pissed off at Tyler about something. Me and Tyler have been had conversations where we've been pissed off at Nick. I hope they've had conversations where they're pissed off about me at something in our competitive nature or the games we played against each other. Um, so there is a rivalry and sense of competition between the three of us. And I knew that Tyler's going to be able to coach kids, tell kids how to explode with their hips, what to do with their top hand on a bat. I can look at a kid and be like, I know you're not supposed to stand like that. I understand baseball. I played my whole life. I know what it looks like, what it doesn't look like. I don't know if I can explain it right, but I can tell you what to do and what not to do. I'm not going to get in the weeds the way Tyler professionally can and knows how to teach kids. So this kid went to another team. He, he's going to be able to win more. Is he? Will he be taught different things and learn? Maybe so. Um, but he's going to be able to win. So I say that all to say we're on the playground last week after the, after a game against that kid's team. Our kids are playing on the ground. Me and that dad and another lady are standing there. And he introduces me to this lady. And I'll paraphrase, but this is pretty much what he said. He was like, hey, this is Jordan. He's been um, my son's coach for the past two seasons. We moved on this year. Um, but Jordan's probably one of the best coaches in this league. My son loves baseball, and he's never had more fun playing baseball than he did these past two years. I hate losing probably more than I like winning. Right. The wins, even at five, six-year-old baseball, I love the wins. I lost to Nick's team last week. That is going to stick with me until it doesn't. Like, I can't stand to lose even for five and six-year-olds. But ultimately, it doesn't matter to me. These kids aren't going to remember that. I hope that all these kids can remember. Like, I want to win. I want to teach them baseball. I want to teach them the fundamentals. I also want them to understand they are five and six-year-olds. It is a game, and ultimately, this is not going to be their career. They have eight, 10, 12 years of school left. There, There are plenty of time in their life to be serious. 
to be overly competitive. It's okay just to have fun sometimes. That doesn't mean we're out here just screwing around and not taking things seriously. But at the same time, I want this to be fun. Win, lose, or draw. I want them to go home and say like, hey, we might have lost today, but we had fun. Or we're going to have fun next game. Or it's going to be a pleasurable experience. I've told parents this from day one, every season I've been the coach. Our goal from day one to day 60 or however many days are in our season, to hand your kid back to you better than we found. Better for me to get him back, him or her back next season, or to the next coach. But I want every kid to love baseball and have had fun more than they did with any other coach. So that compliment that I got, it might not result in wins and losses. I don't have a baseball card. I'm not going to be in my local athletic league. I don't think there's a Hall of Fame. So that's not really ever going to matter. There's standings that it matters in um, that I keep up with. But ultimately, I hope that kid goes back and tells his dad, like, hey, we might be winning with whatever team we're on, but I had more fun last year. So you're saying your team has got five-star heart. I'm kidding. (laughs) Champions of life. (laughs) Just as a a precursor, all of us are massive UT fans. So if you hear little nuggets coming across in the podcast, poking fun at our probably overly obsessive fandom, that is where I. Um, I think you kind of talked on it, Jordan, but before we do segue over to Nick, um, just kind of your coaching style. Uh, I know you said it might not necessarily be X's and O's, mostly kind of identifying a way for these kids to, um, you know, just really enjoy the game. But uh, is there any part of your coaching style that, you know, if there is an X and O or if there is a certain thing that this is the Jordan calling card off of your team? Like when a player walks away, this is a Coach Jordan team. So, yeah. So I think we've talked about that. So our league is kind of structured as three, four is T-ball. Moves up to five, six, moves up to seven, eight, moves up to nine, 10, 11, 12, et cetera. I think as you go on, you will stair step in skill level and learn things as you grow up. My personal philosophy is at five, six, I don't know if fundamentals are more important than the what and the why of what you're doing. Mm. Am I going to spend my time teaching my second baseman or shortstop or the pitcher the perfect grip? and to make sure he has a two-seam grip or a four-seam grip or arm angle to throw it to first base. I will touch on it, but I want him to know why he's doing this. At this age, and I think we can all attribute to, yeah, you can make plays. You can throw it from one side of the field to the other. If you don't know where you're supposed to throw it or why you're doing that, I don't know that it ultimately matters. Most of the errors that are made in this league from other teams are it not because the throw wasn't good. It was that it wasn't to the right spot or a kid didn't know what to do with it. So I think one of the biggest compliments you can give another team is they may not have the most skill or be able to gun a kid out from shortstop, but making the fundamental place at five, six, I think it's more important to have the kids understand um, like every play, second baseman, shortstop. If a kid's on first, if you get the ball, where are you going? Yeah, Second, Second base with the ball. And why? Like, if it's hit to the left side, second base, and there's nobody on, second baseman needs to cover second, make the throw to first. It's the why and the fundamentals. Even if physically you can't make the throw or physically you can't do the fundamental things, knowing the what and why, I think, will prepare you more than spending too much time on arm angle or 
rotations on the ball or any of the minutia yeah. you can get into. So I think my calling card is more of the making sure that we're in the right spot and knowing where and why, where to be and why to be there. And I was just going to say, ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I can, I can sing those praises, right? We've already played each other this year. Y'all's team never beat yourself. You made every fundamental play. I think that the the why and what y'all were doing with the you know game plan y'all had was was you know executed perfectly. And and sometimes that's all you can ask for. You know, can can we make a simple play? Do you understand what we want to do next, right? And and eventually that game will slow down so that the next play turns into the next segue, right? Like that throw to first then becomes well, let's gun it over to third because now the why is we're not just trying to stop a runner coming from second we have intention to get that runner that's trying to be overly aggressive coming from second to third and that to me is where things get really fun right so uh i'll kind of interject and step in on this you know for me you know i think my coaching style uh for the love of the game i'll I'll touch on that piece real quick you know it it simply simply put I, i felt like my heart beat for my career and for everything of my passion was always going to be sport. It started with watching Jerry Maguire and learning the life lessons through that movie and um, really kind of putting a punctuation on the fame of everything, the glitz and glamour, although nice um, is that shine wears off very quickly. So there has to be a deep rooted sense of identity and love for what you want to do. And for me, it has always been sport. Uh, I went to the university of Tennessee and got two degrees Uh, specifically in sport, and then took my career path accordingly. And so I I do say that as much as I'd love to pretend that I don't take it so serious, or they're not, you know, notes, if you will, that the college coach comes out of me with my kids. I do think that I'm a little bit more X's and O's um, in in terms of the fundamentals. And I had, and it was such a stark reality. And Nick, you and I have talked about this before, where I go into that very first practice with my son and I'm over here trying to treat these kids like 18 and 21 year old D1 athletes. And I was like, nope, this isn't going to work. I'm going to be a terrible youth coach and fail miserably because I'm missing out on, can you, can you see the ball? Can you touch the ball? Can you run to first base and not chase the ball? There were so many eye-opening experiences within that. Now that was very quickly corrected. And, and as the journey for my son and I and our teams, you know, we've challenged ourselves and gotten our teeth kicked in for, all winning all of two wins and we've started to taste some success and uh, we're building on the momentum of not just now the why, you know, kind of like what you had spoken to Jordan, but now we're starting to implement other things. And that's by no means to boast any chest and say, man, look at where we're at Uh, as much as just to say that I think that the way that I come about the coaching is more how much baseball can I give you and how much do you want to take? Right. But I'm also, I think at times the biggest thing for myself is to understand when do I pull this, this, you know, this back, right? When do I just say, Hey, let's remember to have fun, right? We had a real eye opening moment with that in our last game where we had to just pause and literally just breathe. Right. And I was trying to channel my, my inner Lou Holtz. Like here's a, here's a game we're down, not been down all season. Um, let's have fun. Right. That, that three letter word is, is so easily forgotten at times. And it's amazing what happens when you're like, hey, yeah, we're here to have fun with our friends. And, oh, yeah. And when we do have fun, all of a sudden we get really good at baseball again, you know. And uh, that's probably my biggest uh, learning lesson for myself as I move forward um, is really towing or being able to be more fluid with Tyler, the baseball coach, 
and Tyler, the parent slash mentor fun element guy, right? Like I will say at times that, you know, to my own fault that our teams can get a little stuffy just because we do create um, a certain level of wanting them to learn the game of baseball, right? Um, and so, you know, I, it's definitely self-critical. I walk away from every game and talk about not not only the X's and O's of improvement, but areas as a coach, areas as a dad, areas of just wearing many hats, as y'all know, when we step out there into that, into that uh, complex, which hat do I need to be the most present with for that day? Um, so, yeah, Nick, your turn, brother. I'm going to let you touch on the uh, coaching style of yourself and your love of the game. I'm going to start out with the, something I want you guys to kind of think about. I don't think it's any coincidence that the word fundamental has the word fun in front of it. Mm. So uh, good. sports to me has always been about the escape from reality, right? Uh, I'll be the first to admit uh, I struggled in school. I struggled reading to like I don't know, second, third grade. My mom might tell you to like still. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sports, sports was a, always a way of uh, – in my mind, an equalizer, right? I was the youngest of, of three boys. Um, so like my two older brothers uh, were always better at the different sort of sports um, than I was. But uh, baseball was more or less kind of my calling, so to speak. Something I, I found myself saying to myself this past Saturday, we had a game, nine o'clock game, five and six-year-olds, nine o'clock, pitchers beforehand, got to get up at earlier, seven o'clock or so get to the park i knew that the, in my gut this is not going to be pretty right like mm-hmm. kids i've gone through enough seasons at this point i know 9 a.m for five and six year olds all bets are off it is literally college football week like you have no idea what's about to happen yep um and there were some moments in that game that uh m- my son had made some of the most bonehead uh, decisions or not decisions uh, ever. And I found myself in, I wouldn't say like fit of rage, but like extreme frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I believe I threw a driver race marker back in my, my wagon in the dugout and said something like, you know, gee, Willikers get over here now to call to, to talk to my son. Right. right. Um, the, the play was he picked up the ball. The team that we were playing was coaching their kids to round first base, whether a play was made there or not. Kid rounds first base. Unfortunately, my team, my second baseman and third baseman can't catch a ball, so I'm not going to instruct a player to throw that way. Uh, so I tell my son, who's playing pitcher, cover third. That was exactly my words to him. He takes it as, I'm going to go run and tag third base. Well, he runs over to third base, tags third base, runs about 10 feet into left field and in great deal of pride the kid that was running on the base rounds third base and goes home right not a force out mm. uh and that's i, I got frustrated because my son knows what that means right like he knows cover third versus tag third why he ran through a base like that i have no, no idea but again they're five and six years old right everybody has last mm. judgments but anyways my point is is i found myself in that moment when i physically saw my son get you know visibly upset um, he thought he was in, in ex- like in extreme trouble, so to speak, uh, just by the tone of my voice, my frustration. And the, the very first question that popped in my mind that I actually got from uh, an ABCA uh, clinic was, are you proud of the way you just coached? Are you proud of the way you just conducted yourself? 
And ironically, Jojo was there for this as a, a board member. Uh, I had a father that's never been to a practice before say something along the lines of, are you going to coach these kids uh, and tell them what to do? Because uh, this is extremely hard to watch. Never mind it the fact is. It was much more ignorant than that, but those were pretty much along the lines of what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ne never mind the fact his kid is out in the outfield chasing a butterfly. <laughs> as, as I mentioned, like this individual's never been to practice before. So almost asked the individual, does this, does this mean you're about to submit your, your application to be an assistant coach? Because I, quite frankly, I, I welcome more criticism of what, where we can help. And I welcome the fact that you can come to practice and see that. Yeah, I could. I, we could coach these kids to cover second. I'm not thrown there. Mm -hmm. like, and and maybe that's wrong of, of my coaching style in this situation. But they're five and six years old. We've the three of us have had this conversation. Each five and six year old or five and six team is lucky, like really lucky, to have one person catch. I know uh, our teams. We have two maybe three right tyler i know right. you've got the whole stack team of, of 30 <laughs> but uh, um but no seriously like uh, i mean a lot of these people in general forget what we're capable and not capable of doing because we do see some teams that that are advanced that are, that can do certain things right but it's, it's reminding ourselves that they're five and six years old they sometimes have terrible judgment they sometimes aren't going to perform on a consistent basis but going back to kind of my first statement of like, you talk about fundamentals of like, okay, you know what to do with this ball. Jojo, I'm the same way. Before every single pitch, I'm yelling to my shortstop middle middle infield, so to speak. If you get the ball, what are you going to do with it? The response, and I'll say, why? I'll make him literally answer the question, why? Mm -hmm. uh, so that it's forcing them to think. And that was something my dad taught me playing baseball. Of You got to know what you're going to do before the ball even gets to you. Because by the time it gets to you, you don't have time to think. You just have time to react. And that's something we can, like, I, again, I tested it out our first season in five, six with my own son. If you get the ball, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to tag the runner. Good. He was playing second base. Oddly enough, his first ever game ball was against Tyler's team. He turned a double play. He tagged the kid running from first to second and threw the ball to first base and actually got the kid out. So, it was, I mean, it was crazy. Right, like I well, I've seen double plays happen now, but I, my jaw literally dropped of like a five-year-old just turned a double play. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, we're watching all these kids, you know, around the bases because the ball gets overthrown first base, and some coaches just, like I said, train their kids to round first base and just constantly run around the bases, regardless of whether there's a baseball play there or not. Uh, and because they know what's that first base going to do, is he going to pick it up and throw it to third? Because most kids, most teams don't have a third baseman to catch the ball. Uh, so it just becomes kind of like an in, inside the park circus, so to speak, uh, until you play a team that has had the coaching and has had the kids follow that coach. And I'm talking, let's be abundantly clear. I'm talking about JT here. That it's going to be can, May. They, they can, <laughs> they can <laughs> catch this team off guard, throw the ball down to third base, and they're tagging the kid. But he's in awe of like, what, what, what happened? Usually I just run they're basically home to so well and i'll say this and y'all heard this story and we'll leave uh you know for safety purposes names and team out of this but 
uh, right or wrong, then uh, this will sound like a petty story, but, you know, we had a coach just kick our teeth in with that same, what I just call Bush League, right? That, that's not a way to coach a team. That's, that is you as a coach trying to fulfill some, some type of lack thereof in your life that you want your kids to learn baseball incorrectly just so that you can find a way to win a ball game. That was one of my biggest driving forces, Nick and, and Jordan, as to when I get the chance, because I'm going to follow a path of how I'm going to coach these kids. And I'm not saying the right way. I'm just going to say the way that I think is the right way. Right. That if given the chance, oh, I'm returning the favor. And lo and behold, I'm going to get to hopefully do that this year. I would almost so, argue there are the right ways, though. Like I, I found myself having this conversation with a, a base coach again this past weekend. I just I'm watching the play happen, right? We're, we're getting our teeth kicked in. There's no way we're going to win this game. Um, but I'm still seeing their kid round first base, and not one, mm -hmm. but literally all of them. Right. And I go up to the third base coach and I said, "Hey, can you can you do me a personal favor? Can you at least talk to the first base coach and tell them not to tell the kids to round first base?" And I'm, when I'm saying round first base, I'm not saying the ball was hit to the fence. By all means, go. Right. The ball's overthrown. Right. By all means, go. That's baseball, right? Mm -hmm. But these kids are rounding first base before the ball's even thrown from the shortstop. They're rounding yeah. first base before the ball's even there. And again, you could talk about aggressive base running. But my point to that coach was, when I get your non-protects next season, I'm going to have to coach against that. Yeah. Because you are, and these kids will see a team, such as yours, JT, that will throw them out or that will tag them, right? Just because they're round first base and the ball's not even caught by the first baseman yet. I mean, you can get Barry Bonds Jr. at first base, catches the ball. He runs, you know, like like a John Deere. He could track that kid down and go in the second and tag him out. Okay. Well, you know, and it's and it's so disheartening to watch what I think to be poor coaching uh, and not to completely go down this rabbit hole. But, you know, we just played a team uh, two games ago. I don't think that that team is as bad as or as indicative of the record. But the record shows how bad the coaching is. I mean, there was three or four basic plays where if they knew how to just simply just the basics of base running, extend innings, there's no easy turnaround tag outs. And to me, it's a, it's an indictment at um, and probably one of the main reasons why we started this podcast is what values or what retrospective thoughts can we pour into our community? Right. Like, how can we make the league that we are a part of better? Um, and, and, and heck, it might just be a bunch of laughs on a podcast and it leads to nothing. Right. But I'd like to hope that through any movement becomes a, a, a seed of, of an idea. Right. And, and I don't know with our podcast as we, you know, grow with this and hopefully our audience grows with us. Um, this is just a three guys late night on whatever day of the weekend that talks about sports, but I'd love to hope that it creates a movement about what we can do for the youth, and in particular, this vehicle is sport, but, you know, we can make this more broad, but how can we do it the right way, right? Obviously, our, we're going to talk coaching here, and we're going to talk sport, but to jump on what you said, there is 100% in my head a right way of doing things. I think there's at times, uh, maybe not always 100%, but there are better ways to do this. Heck, we've had a very animated conversations that uh, led with us with a few colorful four-lettered words about our frustration about doing things a better way. And, um, you know, it's going to be one of those things that as we go through this journey, we'll unpack a lot of these segments and a lot of these ideas and, 
you know, hopefully we'll get, um, you know, some audience participation on other ideas and other ways to talk about this. And hopefully it resonates and touches them in the way that it's touched us to get on a microphone and actually talk about this. Um, so two things that kind of Tyler just touched on. And one thing that, so as league member on duty at Nick's game, I can tell you G Willikers was not what Nick said, but I will let your imagination <laughs> go with what he said. So it wasn't a cuss because I know there's kids around. It, so. was, it was not. It was a little more animated, but I don't think it was G Willikers. Um, the NAE certification almost had to give him a level one violation. Correct. So um, <laughs> something that Tyler said that just resonated. So we talk about, so as three guys who also happen, not only coach together, our friends, um, but also attend church together. Um, we've recently had a whole conversation about biblical community. There's also like a baseball community that we've all kind of encompassed lately. And there's coaches that are in the circle. It's very high school-esque. It's very clickish. Yeah. You're either in the click or you're not. So I had a game two days ago, or yesterday, I'm sorry. Coach was super nice guy. We talked, had a conversation during the game about a rule, about a distance from where you had to pitch. And he was just like, hey, man, I got this kid. He's really young and just pitching to him is kind of hard. He's like, um, like if I take a step in, is that going to be a big deal? Dude, I don't care at all. A yeah. step in, a step back isn't going to hurt my feelings. Like, I want to win this game, but you taking a step up to give this kid a chance, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. um, if this guy would have been an asshole, like the asshole coach that tried to fight me our first game because his, teeth was, his team was losing, I would have said no. I'd have made him back up six feet. <laughs> um, but again. You sure showed him. <laughs> I did. Um, so if it's one of the – it's about how you interact with other coaches and other people around you. Like, while we're here to win five, six-year-old baseball games, you want to build these kids up together. The coaches – because most of us coaches that are coaching together now, if we keep going up, we will keep facing each other together. Mm -hmm. And you want to have rivalries and you want to have competitive nature – but you also want to have a community and friendships and we've bounced ideas off of each other. Some of them like, Oh, that's a good idea. I'll try that. Or some of them just like, I don't really see it that way. So this coach yesterday, I have no problem helping out another coach or like giving him an idea or like letting him try something to help a kid out, but there's wrong ways to do it. And I don't know that any of us will ever say our way is the right way to do it. And this podcast is the right way to coach baseball or youth sports. I don't think that's our goal, and I don't think that's the world we want to be in. But like I think to my point earlier, I can't tell you if your batting stance is what Cal Ripken batted in 89 or the Griffey stance that everybody has emulated is the right way. I can tell you how not to stand. I may not be able to tell you how to coach perfectly. I can tell you not how not to coach. Yeah. I can tell you how not to interact with children. I can tell you how things that you are going to do are going to build these kids up I can tell you things that are going to make kids hate baseball and you may be successful and you may win games. You may win championships. You may think your team is travel ball ready and can run the middle Tennessee area. Those kids will hate baseball one day and you will be the reason why their love of the game was lost as a child. Your role as a father, a coach, all that kind of stuff, in my opinion, is to ensure that you don't ruin that for children. I, there's a there's a pureness of kids that you want to protect. There is a time that these kids will grow up and have to face reality, have to face um, things in life. You want to save that as much as you can. 
Um, I think we're getting close to segueing into our final thing. Um, but something Tyler said earlier, we lost to them the second game of the year. I appreciate Tyler's sentiment. I don't think we, we didn't beat ourselves. Baseball at its simplest form is hit the ball where they ain't. Tyler's team did a hell of a job that game hitting them where they ain't. We didn't beat ourselves that day. At the end of that, at the end of the day, if I lose to somebody, me versus you, because we lost or you were better that day, I will take that loss all day long. There is nothing worse than taking a loss because you beat yourself. My loss to Nick, I own because I made a coaching error at the end, and that was on me. That is ate at me ever since. But there is no shame in losing. Everybody loses. I'm not a coach who's going to give give helmet stickers for inclusion. Not everything's win. You're not always going to be a winner. You will lose as a child. You will lose as an adult. There's a way to blend that in. But there is no shame in losing to a team that's just better than you on any given day. And my coaching style will kind of bring this full circle to put kids in the best position not to beat themselves. If you get beat by a team that's just better than you, you tip your cap and you move on to the next day. We did that against Tyler's team, and I will take that all day long. Well, um, and I appreciate your your hat tip. I will say is that subtle dig on those helmet stickers, which do look nice on the back of our helmets. Uh, ours too. Ironically, ironically, too. as much as I'd love to pretend like this is a Coach Primetime, Deion Sanders motivational speech that – I was able to get and extract the most from my kids. I am convinced that my team is honestly just as excited when a game is over to find out who gets a sticker just so that they can put it on their helmet. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, exactly. Kind of proving the point here that uh, as much as I think that I'm trying to teach them <laughs> X's and O's of the game, that they might as they could be just as pumped for those stickers on the back of the helmet and the snack bag that they get, which at the end of the day, guys, right? Like, holistically bringing it all the way back to Jordan, watching them walk off that field with a smile on their face, right? Like I dread and I hope to God that there will not be that day that just as whether it's me as the coach or me as the dad is not berating or, or I rather even if I witness a berated kid about what they couldn't do. And it's honestly not because of their inability or because they made an error, but more just they're not there yet. Right. Yeah. How to avoid that. Right. Like I'm not talking like a kid doesn't they don't need a stern talking to. But like I think it is our due diligence as good coaches and ambassadors of the sport to prolong the joy of this game. Right. Kind of, uh, again, Jordan, and, I, you know, I know we're trying to get to this last segment in the wrap up, but you, you said something that I can't just let go. And it's this idea of this elevated for travel ball or the next level or next this or next that, right? I want to be able to bottle up this, this time for these kids because this is the foundation, right? And, and something, Nick, you had talked about, that first coach, that first impression. The first impression is everything, and, and we can't miss that mark. That is a non-negotiable. Yeah, agreed. And this, I mean, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Kids aren't going to get better overnight. I mean, some kids practice more than others. Some kids have more passion than others. Than others. A philosophy in the discussion that I know the three of us have had was if you have the ability to run rule a team and you just literally pulverize them, right? Like it's, you look up and it's 14, nothing, but you look out on their team and you start to wonder which one of these kids am I going to get in the future? If I can get one of these in the future, as I get, like, mm -hmm. again, dude, 
if it's a draft or whatever, like, right. But my point is, is like, a why, right? Like, is that team just they're just not able to to get a stop, get an out, right? They they're literally just like, when can this end so I can go hit? Because that's all some of them care about. All my here for hit dingers, right? I don't play defense. I just want to hit dingers. Okay, cool. Hey, I, I love that philosophy. Yeah. I wish I have a that kid way. that believes. As a hitting coach, that is me. I can care less about defense. I leave that to my assistant coaches. But um, yeah, I mean, you have these kids that just uh, coach. I don't, I don't play defense. I don't, I don't even like wearing my glove. Well, I'm sorry. Like the league forces us. You have to get out of here. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like some some of these kids, you can't help but to think like, are we making it not fun for them either? Right. Uh, I think as adults in the league and especially head coaches, we have that responsibility for not only our team, but on some level, some responsibility to demonstrate to a team, humility, the ability. And again, I think this is where our coaching philosophies, all three of us kind of differ, but from my own personal standpoint, in the back of my mind, it's there could be a kid out there that's not just, just had went through a growth spurt. They're clunky. You know, they're, they're trying to figure out their legs, but give it two years, right? Or give it, mm-hmm. a, so I don't, I'm, I'm not the, the doctor here. I don't know, really know when kids catch up to their bodies, so to speak. But like, I guess my point is, is it could be two or three years before that kid actually really comes into their stride, right? Something that my, my own son and I talk about a lot is uh, if you're sitting around thinking you're good at something and you grow complacent, guess what? Kid down the street that you always beat in a race going to work on beating you and while mm-hmm. you're just happy and complacent and just sitting around or you know your nose is in your ipod guess what your ipad not ipod <laughs> guess what <laughs> bobby down the streets running rinse sprints trying to beat a specific time or just literally just trying to just run as fast as you can yeah so yeah it's i think that like from from my perspective I, where i saw the value in us doing a podcast and at least recording our discussions that we always have anyways uh is is kind of giving some some advice so to speak in a more comical fun fashion to some of these dads that are very similar to like the three of us maybe just jojo and i <laughs> join a league to coach their kids uh because nobody else would right like we saw emails we saw messages from the, from our league Hey, we need more head coaches. Hey, we need more head coaches. Hey, we need more head coaches. Because the more head coaches they get, the more kids that can play. So and I it, think it's I think it's important. Sorry to interrupt there, Nick. It's it's important to challenge the status quo, right? I, I think that sometimes as a league, I, and I don't know, Jordan, maybe you can offer insight on this. Uh, I don't want to diminish what this league stands for, but sometimes I do. I feel like it's checking a few boxes, right? And it's it's those intangible elements, right? Like when we sit there and watch those NAE certification videos or blast through them just to get the updated card, there is credence to them. I don't want to disregard it, you know, but it's the, it's the intel, it's the intangible stuff that we bring from the personal side, right? Like when we say fun, well, Nick, you're going to bring fun, whether that, you know, and you sent that video and talked to us about it, but right. You know, like, you're starting the dance party. You're you're getting the hype yeah. the hype train going, right? Like yeah. those kids will remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, I, my kids will not forget the first time that I'm teaching them how to throw accurately by letting them pop balloons on me standing over at first base. You know, just weird stuff that we think of in our head. How can we make this fun, right? And 
you know, I'm sitting down here looking at our at our sheet and I'm thinking rapid fire. And in my head, I'm over here thinking if I was to throw out one word, it's like, you know, one word hitters to sit there and say, what is this league like? What are we trying to accomplish with this league? Right. Fun, grace, humility, persistence, you know, and I'm sure we could uh, between the three of us, we could come up with so many more discipline. Yeah. I mean, huge kids talk while you're talking or kids stop paying attention, you know, turn around playing with his teammate. Hey, what did I just say? Oh, you can't repeat it. Guess what? Touch the foul pole. Come back. Yeah. Comes back. Doesn't do it again. Hey, guess what? Go touch foul pole. Come back. Do it again. Guess what? You're not batting today. Yeah. I I mean, when I say discipline, I think in today's society as kind of a negative taboo of like, Oh, you're going to hit the chip. No, I'm not talking extreme. I'm talking like there's real consequences to your actions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's any real level of like, I mean, even, even my three, four T-ball team, right. Uh, at a kid that was laying down in the middle of the game. I was like, look, this is a safety issue. Somebody's going to smack a ball and you're not even paying attention. Refused to get up. I said, you know, you got three seconds. If you don't get up on the third time, guess what? You and I are running the center center field. Mm-hmm. Three. You didn't take me seriously. I was like, get up. We're going. I was like, if you don't go, you can't bat, which he doesn't know that the league won't allow me to do that. But uh, <laughs> he got up and, and started running, uh, got upset. And I was like, look, when a coach asks you to do something, that's not a suggestion. They're telling you to do it. Right. And I think that's where, like, again, yeah, we're not on some level. We're not just just coaching baseball. We're coaching human behavior. Life skills. Yeah, yeah life, life skills. skills. Like, uh, proper etiquette. Um, it brings a whole new meaning when you think about the idea of just volunteer right yeah. like we're not just volunteering for to roll out a ball and to let johnny hit it off of a tee and maybe he chases the ball maybe he runs to first i mean there's there's a lot to unpack i mean one thing we haven't even talked on and i know we're running short on time as we're wrapping up for our first segment here but the emotions of the game how does a kid it, i think it's kind of a weird word to use the word mature for 5 6 but it's so real when you watch it play out like the level of being able to deal with the emotional, the physical, you know, we, we, we joke about Barry Bonds jr. From a physical maturity, but then we talk about actually talk about Barry Bonds. We're talking about a kid that was just a a freak of nature. Just huge. We, we, we have good nicknames that maybe down the road, if you see us on the street, we'll talk about in person, but (laughs) uh, give a, give a little bit more background check story on that. That is background check. But uh, Yeah. 100%. But uh, so much, so much to talk about. And like I said, you know, I I hope that we do captivate an audience that it resonates and gets them to want to, you know, tune in and kind of figure out a little bit more about what we know and what we want to talk about. And can't wait to get a few special guests out on the on the show to chum it up with us and let them provide their insight as to what sport and youth sport and what their journey looks like and what's led them to this point in their life. Jojo, I got a question for you because I don't think we really addressed this, but I think it's probably a really quick, interesting story, and you're great at telling stories. You want to kind of walk the listeners through how we came up with the, the name Hang Em Up? No, so Nick, that'd be great. So we kind of kicked this around, and I jokingly said this earlier. Our group chats can get a little hype sometimes. They can get a little in the weeds. Um, we were just pitching this whole podcast thing around one day, and I remember kind of talking about it and I think everybody gets to this point where you just kind of send texts and you're just like, ah, words, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. I went back and was like, we're having a real conversation and we're standing in the kitchen and my wife's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I think we're starting a podcast. 
Like, I don't, she's like, are you serious? I was like, I think so. I was like, I'll let you know. And then like the next day, Nick's like, oh, bought a mic, bought a thing. I was like, all right, it looks like we're doing this. I buy the thing, same thing Nick has. Um, next thing we know, we're recording kind of a demo episode. So I had to come up with a name. Pitched a couple of things around, and then I can't remember who came up with it, but hang them up. Our ages collectively are in our mid-30s. We've had our lives in athletics. We don't want to be those guys living vicariously through our children. It was time for us to hang them up. This podcast, I think, is designed to reach those parents, moms, dads, grandparents, volunteers, whomever that have got to the point where it was time for them to hang them up. You can hang up your shoes. You can hang up your gear. You can pick up a whistle. Like it's a transition to a new point in your life, a new role. While we've all probably had some sort of glory out on the diamond or the football field or the basketball court or wherever, or hockey rink um, in Nick's case, those days are gone. And as much as we like to reflect and as much as I think we want to look at these five and six year olds when they make a mistake as like, what do you like? Why would you do that? It's also that kid also probably might have his pants on backwards. Like it's their kids. Like we have to think that we have to think about it from their standpoint. We got to the point where it was time for us to hang up that point of our life and transition into kind of a new role in our lives as parents or coaches or whatnot. And I hopefully think that we'll get to a segment where hang them up will also be borderline insult to some coaches that shouldn't be out here doing what they're doing. Haven't figured it out yet. Haven't figured it out or don't want to figure it out or because not everybody that signs up has the best intention. Or um, as Tyler has stated, you don't have to be X's and O's. You don't have to be a savant in what you're teaching. But you know, you have to know how to relate. And while I said that there are ways to do it correctly, that may be right one way and it may be not right another. There is a wrong way to go about things. Mm-hmm. Especially when, this age group. Yeah, especially this, to next point. And when we see those injustices, we will call them out. So our goal here is to just bring everybody together and kind of give our insight to tell everybody it's probably time for you to hang them up, but let's move on to the stage in our life where that next generation of children can live in that glory that you had and will one day be where we are now. And hopefully they can keep repeating the cycle of passing that on to future generations um, better than they left it. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of close this out guys for everyone who did tune in. We certainly thank you. Uh, as we move into the next one, um, we look forward to uh, to unpack some more things, a few, t- few topics of discussion, the horrors of the parent stories, the war stories in between the line, impact coming from different perspective of different uh, coaching pedigrees. But until then, guys, I think it is now our time to hang them up.